Yo, yo, wacky trainer. Yo, 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 how we doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you, buddy? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pumped because I sorted out why I sounded so shit on the bean list last night. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you listen back? Oh my god, yeah, I did. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> why, dude? You, sound, you know, you sound, you sound fine, right? So right now you change your mic again, or what, what's going on? No, well, well, so it's the same setup, it's the same new mic, the same you know proper road setup, but. If I have Bluetooth on for some reason, it connects to the roadcaster and then it does some stupid, con- you know, it basically creates interferences. And then the sound was so muffled. It was so bad. <laughs> no, uh, yesterday on Spaces, you sound a little bit like super bass. I mean, the style of when you were talking about it is like very bass. So I'm thinking about it like, ah, maybe, you know, wacky. It's, you know, it's you woke up early and then you went to the gym. You are all groggy or angry and then you sound like, <laughs> No, no, it was just Bluetooth. <laughs> That's what it was. All right, right. Let's get started, Becky. <laughs> Good evening. Good. I'll start again. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon, Europe. Good morning, Americas. And welcome to Asia Web3, motherfuckers, where we talk everything Web3, NFTs, latest news, hot topics, and a little bit more ordinals today to make my co-host FOMO. I would like to say we're on a new schedule, but as you know, our audience reaches far and wide. And I actually see Katz is here with us today very early on, but I believe we might start changing. Well, we might start the show 30 minutes later just to make sure that we get some of the uh, early risers in the States to accommodate for the schedule. So stay tuned. We'll be confirming very shortly. If you are tuning in for the first time, a very warm welcome to you as you have joined us on our mission to build the biggest Web3 media brand in Asia Pacific as we want to support and empower all the fantastic talent that exists in the region. And there are many. My name is Wacky. I am your host under our brand, PewCast. If you guys are following me on Twitter, you will see that I posted a jazz video from a little little dive bar I went to in Greenwich yesterday, which was accompanied by some tap dancing. I got to say, I've always been amazed by tap dancing. And seeing it live like this, so close in person, really is something else. I'm going to be looking to sign up for some classes. I'm going to document it all. Watch out. My co-host, I exchanged a few messages with him this morning. I do not know how his day is going, and I do want to know, so I'm going to ask him first thing as soon as I stop here. But I know he's been working on lining us up some incredible project to speak to us. And very soon, lo and behold, already today, we have the pleasure of welcoming a special guest. He is with us on stage already, Darren SRS, who is working on some pretty interesting stuff in collaboration with Punk6529. Without further ado, I then introduce you to my co-host. His name, Buke Rainbow. How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you for the intro. Man, like every time when you talk about, you know, you go out and drink and then you wake up next morning like super early, how do you even do that, bro? Like one day, oh, how man. many hours do you actually sleep? Well, I, I do have to say, I, I didn't drink too much last night, but I hadn't eaten very much. And it went straight to my head. And literally, I, 
<laughs> I ran, I ran before, so the the show ended at midnight, and I look at the time. I'm like, wait a second. If I want to get food, I need to go now. So 30 minutes before the end of the show, I'm like, yo, I'm I'm leaving. I'm going to get some McDonald's somewhere. And I just ran there, sat there, got kicked out because obviously they were closing. I did manage to get myself a burger, so thank God I felt better for this. But um. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to do what you got to do, you know, so I got to put some good content out there. And jazz, there's nothing better than jazz, you know. Yep. And um, so welcome to PewCast show where we only have one goal in mind is to build the most genuine Web3 communities among the Asia countries and to unite everyone under one roof. And this week, officially, you know, we did change the time basically, you know, one hour earlier. And this is the first week of doing it. And as Wacky said, you know what? A lot of people actually can't attend this new timing because we have a mixture of, you know, the Asian crowds with a little bit US and obviously Europe, which is Wacky. And so he said, you know what? Let's do it 30 minutes later. So we are going to start next week, 10 p.m. just to, you know, accommodate two of two of the re- the biggest region. And this is what we're going to do. But as usual, we will churn out, you know, things that is happening on space. And I'm really excited to see any, every one of you guys consistently coming here. So just shout out the word, like, share, retweet, um, you know, hop out on stage if you guys want to be a speaker, because I would love to hear your voices. Last but not least, give everyone a follow on the spaces, because I believe building connection in Web3 is the most important thing. All right, before we start out with the news update, I am ready or I'm keen to listen to this question of the day, which is what's something that you collect? All right. So I'm going to start first. Basically, what I collect is Coca-Cola cans. So I have a rack. Like right now, it's two racks um, that I collect Coca-Cola cans from different regions. So for example, Malaysia, Dubai, Singapore, everywhere you go, you have different types of Coca-Cola cans. Right now, I mean, I'm too shelf-full. Ever since MCO, till MCO, which is the COVID uh, lockdown in Malaysia, up till now, I have not been collecting back. So man, I need to start travel again. So hopefully the Asia tour, I can get, you know, go to Hong Kong for the first time, collect the different types of Coca-Cola can. Um, that's for me, Wacky. How about you? Pin up the question. No, go, go. no way, man. I, oh, uh, I just, I think I just, I just wrote it, but I uh, didn't quite pin it. Okay, yeah, let me just pin it right now. Uh, can you send a picture? We'd love to see that, man. Out of all things, Coca-Cola cans. That's, that's a pretty cool, you know, c- collectible hobby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> um, I, uh, what do I, do you know, this is a good question. I don't think I actually collect anything. Um, what I was, well, when I was a kid, I was collecting some of those toys. They were called, uh, but I guess as a kid, you just want to have all the toys. You know, the Super Saiyan, it's, it's not Super Saiyan. It's, uh, that's Dragon Ball Z again. Uh, oh, what are they called? They were th- those warriors, those, those knights that had golden armors. They were evolving from having bronze armors to golden armors. And I was collecting those. I remember loving them. But right now, I actually don't think, okay, no, actually, that's a lie. Um, I also do the same thing with you, but weirdly enough, I do this with notes from all of the rules, like uh, bills, um, you know, money, effectively. And I, I like to have a different bill that I keep from from every country I've been I've been to as well. I don't really have them exposed in a, in a particular way, but just, I just have a little stash of bills that that I keep from all the various countries that I uh, that I go to. Oh yeah, I didn't even realize I was doing this. No, no, no. Uh, all right, right. All right. I, let I, me I'm throw over call out a few of you guys that say basically your answer cannot be NFTs or ordinals. Okay, guys. <laughs> basically, when you pin up the question, I saw you know. Like, <laughs> 
probably said, oh, I collect ordinals. And I'm pretty sure everybody's got, you know what? I collect <laughs> NFTs. Bro, that is a typical answer. That's why we are all here. Guys, give me more. Give me more. All right. Should we, should we go over to our, our guest speaker today? Darren, how are you? Welcome. We'd love to hear from you if there is anything that you collect. Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, yes, I'm Darren, and uh, thank you for uh, the question. I, I, th- I think it's a really good question, and I actually have a pretty good answer for you guys with, Ooh, regard, to, to uh, with regard to what I collect. So I, I actually collect gemstones. Mm. So that's something that's not very common, uh, I think, across the world, in fact. Uh, I basically started it around, I think, five, six years ago uh, when I started traveling to a few exotic countries which uh, were producing gemstones. So just picked up a little habit because I went to the, to like the uh, central markets in those countries like Sri Lanka, uh, Burma, and, and Vietnam, and, and Thailand as well. So... Yeah, I've been collecting since then and I've uh, got a pretty decent collection and uh, I think it's something really, really interesting because I was interviewed by the NFT yearbook as well and they were also asking me about this and, and they really, really prodded me after I shared about this uh, collection uh, that I did with Gemstones because uh, I, think, I think it's really interesting because it's quite similar to NFTs in a way. Uh, and in fact, if you want to uh, look at it and, and zoom out, uh, gemstones are like probably the first co- collectible item that you could ever have in this world <laughs> because they were created oh, like right. millions, yeah. millions of years ago. And uh, every piece is actually different. So it's pretty unique and uh, very collectible in a way. So yeah, something pretty interesting. I've also collected like, uh, you know, like trading cards, magic, the gathering cards before when I was really young. Yeah. And, that's big. Uh, yeah. Watches I collect, used to collect. I don't collect so much anymore. Uh, now I collect more NFTs <laughs> just like everybody <laughs> else in the space, I guess. But yeah I, yeah, I think that's a relatively interesting answer. Gemstones is not really something that comes to people's mind. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Would love would love to see a picture if uh, there is something that you can share. Would love to see that. Um, I, we, I post I post uh, on time from time to time a few of my pieces. I can share one of them here in the spaces, maybe. And you can that'd be great. That'd Go be ahead. great. Would love to see it. Um, we also have a, another speaker with us today. Mind mechanic. Would love to hear from you. How you doing, buddy? Welcome to Asia Weather Motherfuckers. Hello, hello. Hi there. I'm so glad to see a space like this. Um, number one is because of the matching time zones. Thank God. I do not need to stay awake at 3 a.m. So yes. goodbye, insomnia. <laughs> you, you, from, from the sound of it, you are from an Asia country. Welcome, buddy. You finally found your place, bro. Oh, man. It feels so good. I'm happy. Because uh, I'm from Malaysia. So the time zones are really hard to balance, man. Bro, bro. I'm from Malaysia, bro. Oh, bro, bro. We Uh-oh. Have, Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> glad to see a fellow Malaysian here. Awesome. Oh, you there there are three. There are three. You've got Puke Rainbow, you've got Maeve, and you've got you. And I'm sure we, we may even have some more in the audience. So um so yeah, you guys you guys are repping. T- tell us about your collectible hobby, man. Well, um it's a it's it's a little uh, it's a little bit of a story if you don't mind. By all means. All right. So um I am 
first of all, uh, Darren is the OG when it comes to gemstones, but uh, I collect um, minerals. It's um, it's nowhere close to a sapphire, but um, it's something I aspire to collect later on in life. But I collect um, what they call is batu aki. Um, I started it back when I was uh, in Indonesia. Uh, I was there for about uh, 10 years. And um, I was actually there when I was uh, training for medicine as well. And it was actually during my uh, obstetrics and gynecology rotation. It was in a really, really deep jungle. And we were actually on the posting to deliver children. And there was one that came, but unfortunately, um, they could not afford to pay for the for the fees because um, healthcare is not uh, essentially free over there. So me and my colleague, uh, we took the responsibility and just signed it off because it's actually like about 300 ringgit for a delivery. But over there, it's a huge deal of money. And out of gratitude, thankfully, the baby was delivered fine. And the next day, the father actually came and presented a small stone. It was green in color. And they call it a gyo, a serpentine. But in Indonesia, it's called the Indonesian jade. And... He got it because he works in uh, one of the gold mines over at the area. And one of the byproducts that you get are the gyos over there. So he actually brought that and said, this is a thank you for yesterday. And that stone is with me ever since. Um, I wear it proudly. Um, it is something I never remove. Uh, my wife still asks me and I say, nope, that is still beside on my other hand with the wedding ring. So it's a really important thing, you know. Um, and that brought a lot of um, a lot of uh, emotions when it comes to collecting it's not just that it's pretty but it has a story behind it and then I started so whenever I travel to different places in Indonesia at that time um, I'll, I'll take their I'll collect their specialty stones over there so like um, there's a place called Pariaman uh, one of the stones was uh, Batu Limau Manis so I'll get one of those stones and they'll make it into the rings you know and then they wear them um, I can't wear them because at this point, if I wear them, I look like the Mandarin in Iron Man then. So, <laughs> yeah, I collect that like crazy. But yeah, that is better. Ben, you know, what, when you said you're collecting minerals, my first question instantly was like, are you a man of science? And uh, yeah, sure enough, you are. <laughs> no, no, bro, bro, this guy's a legend because he said, you know what? When his wife asked him something, he said no. Like that is the golden word. And I just want to shout out to one more fellow Malaysian Rates one basically he is also wrapping the phases of web tree my blue smurf brother in, in web tree shout out to you he's from kl as well all right guys let me read out some uh some answers uh or the the, the questions it's uh jay say you know wwe collection cards that's nice anup say gundam he collect and white wolf man bro this guy he said he collects girlfriends all right ah, um, you know <laughs> i was about to say i was like yo girls doesn't count either <laughs> all right uh, wow sage, white wolf sage, say con connections and guys i posted a picture of the coca-cola can but it's not the full collection uh because i'm at another place the full collection is actually at my parents house so just take a look at it uh basically these are all coca-cola cans from around the world uh it has different shape sizes designs and so yeah wacky the one on the on the bottom with the center uh -huh. that i collected or i purchased in london no way yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> how, do you know? Do you know how many you have? 
Uh, all right. So, so the, the thing is this: I have like over, I think it was like two hundred twenty. All right. But the thing oh, is this: nice. like when you keep the Coca Cola can, um, for 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 example, like five years, it, it because inside is so carbonated, it will evaporate. So in the end, it will just leak out all the uh cola and it becomes sticky the whole floor. But the whole oh. can inside, so so you get like empty cans, but the top is not open. So that's it. So you know, you know, what my dad said, my dad said, "Hey guys, just just drink it, and then you just keep it the empty can." I'm like, cannot, bro. You have to keep it as it is. All right, let's pass on to one more before we head off to the news update. Let's give it to Lulu. Hey, 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 GM, GM, guys. So yeah. We've been talking about this during the Dozer Spotlight. I've been collecting Tamiyas, and I'm a racer right now. And also, I collect Funko Pops. Um, also, I'm a previous Gundam collector, and also I paint uh, miniatures. And on top of that, on my investment, I collect gold and silver because I know that uh, gold and silver would have a giga value when the dollars collapse and I used to buy gold and silver twice a year or maybe once a year. Um, so yeah, those are my collections. All right. Um, you know, wacky just ruckus, but there's no worries. All right, guys, keep the answer coming because I would love to read out um, your answers and to know what you guys collect because this is a pretty interesting question. Uh, but, you know, last but not least, the man that d- don't, I, I don't know whether you collect or not, but Maeve, you have to give me an answer for this because your answers every time even throw us off. Hey, everyone. So, uh, <laughs> guys, I actually don't really connect anything these days. I was going to say NFTs, but like, puke, you, you threw me off, man. It was like a massive curveball. Like, oh, I can't say NFTs, but that's like the only thing I collect these days. Like, this this kind of pretty much it, guys. It's pretty, pretty boring. <laughs> I can only collect NFTs these days. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I want to throw the question to you, bro. I know. This is like I space, spaces shaming. That's it. Wait, this is for you, Maeve. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Oh. Moving on to this. Let's head on to the GM news. Wacky, do the intro. Uh, wacky, I don't have the full intro. It's the G of the M with the TradFi update. No matter when, no matter where, in his car or at the, at the airport, he's always on the go. GEW. Thank you, Wacky GMGM. Uh, today, I am speaking from home, so it's all good. Um, yeah, today is the 1st of March, 2023, and it is a Wednesday midweek. Um, so let's, uh, let's have a look at the TradFi, uh, TradFi markets because it affects crypto prices. Um, to the U.S., U.S. is largely flat today, uh, down a little bit. S&P 500 down 0.3%, NASDAQ down 0.1%, and the major tech stocks are flat. Um, to Europe, FTSE 100 is up 0.8%. I'll explain why a bit later. Um, over to Asia, so Japan is up. Singapore down 0.2%. Korea is up 0.4%. But the big news of the day, um, China up 1%, Hong Kong up 4.2%. 
the reason for this and also for the, the positive uh, gains in Europe is because the latest um, PMI uh, data from China showing that the manufacturing's expanding at the fastest pace in the last few years after uh, reopening their economy. So that's had a significant positive impact on the uh, business activity and uh, for, for the reporting months and also for the coming coming few months. Um, so that's the reason for uh, China's gain and Hong Kong's big rebound and also for Europe. So that is the TradFi update for today. Over to Mabes. Oh, snap. It's the M of the G with the D-Gen update. He collects nothing, not even chicken wings. But one thing we know for sure is the D-Gen news out there for sure. Maeve knows. Thanks, Vicky. Thanks, G to my M. Now, this is Maeve knows NFTs. Petaverse Network mints on the 13th of March and provides project summary. Mocaverse will be minting on the 6th of March. MetaMask Meta made available for all future Web3 games. Road Ninja Art reveals logo of CMP's upcoming mobile game. A second CMP game has been revealed to come this summer in collaboration with Kayak Akiba Studios. Kiyoshi Season 2 confirmed by founder Yujuna999. X2Y2 had problems with lending features now solved. Lastly, NFT Now opens up raffle for the NFT Now Pass. Back to you, Puke. Alright, alright. Thank you, thank you for the GM news. Hey man, Wacky, today I want to talk about the same topic that we've been talking about and it's Orinos. I mean, when Uh-oh. it came out, you told me, you DM me and said, hey, you know what? Should we do this? Should we buy a rig and get it started? And then it's like, ah, no. You know what? I'm, I'm not going to FOMO into it. And then right now, Every day, tons of projects is coming up doing ordinals. Yesterday, we have a big news from Yuga, Yuga, right? They're going to launch a new collection, which is basically auction pieces. And right today, um, basically, you know, ordinals market came out with a report that, you know what, their all-time high today was 1 million USD. And man, like, you know, you remember when people were shitting on uh, Ryan Carson for, you know, buying the Bitcoin punk? Bitcoin the punk. Yeah, today it did 1,000 ETH volume in one day. So, ah. <laughs> yes. You know, everybody saying, uh. you know what, it's not going to be the OG. It's, it's, it's not original punks. Bitcoin punk is the fake thing. But I don't know, man. Something is brewing. Something is brewing definitely for sure. Maeve, are you on ordinary news? Like, I know you, every day you talk about CMP, the Japanese projects. Uh, you know, their ecosystem is like crazy. But are you looking at ordinary and getting almost similar like me, bro? Maybe you're such an ETH maxi. <laughs> well, I mean, like, if I had, you know, decent amount of uh, Bitcoin, I would probably experience it. But, you know, I'm pretty hand, hand, hands tight, deep into CMP, literally super deep into CMP, guys. I've got <laughs> too much alpha. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> but uh, I saw that news, too. Um, actually, of, of, of anything right now, I'm pretty glad that GW is here because, like, Yesterday we were talking about it, and I really want to hear like uh, GW's experience right now because I, I remember uh, we, we covered that basically MetaMask allows storage of ordinals. So, uh, GW, you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Um, so, so, actually, GW, we've got a question for you. Have you recovered your ordinal 
because last we spoke, someone else was uh, basically yesterday. I said you, you. I don't know if you heard, but you. I mean, you went balls out with this uh, with those ordinals. You just literally handed a stranger money. You bought something from that stranger, and you say, "Hey, by the way, keep the money and keep the stuff that I bought from you as well." <laughs> <laughs> so, have you have you recovered your stuff? You're you're laughing. You're laughing, and uh, they're actually still holding on to everything. I've, I've even been too lazy Bro, to set you, up my own wallet. Oh man! I, I oh, come on. Go go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead Gita, Because uh, I, I want was... I want you to basically ask them. Can I give back my ex? And then when they ghost you, then you let me know, bro. You let me know. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you yeah, a try celebration it. song today. <laughs> no, no, okay. Um, yeah, I'll I'll definitely set up the wallet properly coming up, and then I'll take custody of my um, ordinal egg and uh, the LF god as well. I, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, your egg looks slick. You, you know, it's like a a, a Faber. Faberginal, Faberginal. It's, oh, here you go. You've got a Faberginal egg. It, it looks, it looks fantastic. Um, I would actually love to hear maybe from Darren. I don't know if you've been digging into those ordinals. Obviously, you and uh, and six five two nine are probably deep into art and and all that good stuff, right? So, have you been? What are your thoughts on ordinal, and have you looked into it? Uh, yeah. So I actually two weeks ago I. I had uh, I do my own podcast by the way, so I have my own Twitter Spaces uh, regularly. And two weeks ago, I did a Twitter Spaces with uh, Leon Leonidas, who is like pretty OG in the space with the uh, Bitcoin stuff. He used to he does a lot of the uh, counterparty uh, NFTs. And uh, yeah, he he really really gave quite a lot of useful information regarding ordinals. I think there's a lot uh, that you could look at within ordinals. I mean, but at the same time, there's, you know, it's it's growing really fast. Let's just say it's growing really fast. Um, the infrastructure is still very, very new, and there's not enough yet for your average person to be able to really maneuver around uh, in the space and collect ordinals easily. However, I believe uh, based of his, uh, you know, his observations that uh, there is a lot and really, really fast uh, progress and improvements happening in the infrastructure space. So that means like making it easier to hold ordinals, you know, having a easy to store it in your own wallet and, and custody it and stuff like that. It's all coming up really soon. And uh, I think it's something really to look at in the space because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, all these stuff about you know decentralized wallets and you know having self custody, it's all about the security behind the blockchain, and there's no safer blockchain than the Bitcoin blockchain, right? So you you can't really you can't get any better than the Bitcoin blockchain in terms of security. So in terms of like how long you know something you keep in you know in the blockchain will last, I think the highest chance is still definitely Bitcoin. Of course, there's some ETH maxis out there, but uh, you know it's hard to it's hard to compare. I mean, you compare the statistics, it's probably you know hard to compare against Bitcoin uh, blockchain hit- being more secure. So yeah, that's you, that's my hit- thought. You hear that puke? Did you hear those thoughts? What? <laughs> we got a e so, there. 
so, so Darren, just to give you, we've got a little bit of a running joke here because it's been a few weeks, obviously, that this whole thing started. And and when it started, I don't know, I told something to, to Puke and I was like, yo, should we jump on this? Should, should we like do something with those ordinals? I just feel there's something. And obviously, we didn't do it right away. And then as time is going, we got to learn more and more. And then the other day, I um, it was last week when I was at NFT Paris, we started talking about ordinals. And I said, look, one thing that I heard because i listened to casey rodemore right who invented ordinals and and there was another really good bankless episode if you guys are actually interested in sort of a little bit of the background behind it and the technology they have a very very good podcast but they made it very clear they're like look whether or not this picks up first of all it's, it's a new fun thing that makes bitcoin a lot more fun than it was before but the fact of the matter is with bitcoin there are only x number of bitcoins that will ever be issued and by definition there will be only x number of spaces that will be available to inscribe uh ordinals on the sats right so this this by definition makes it rare in in some way right and and the more crap is being added to it then whenever someone that has some sort of fame will then inscribe something, then there's a potential that it will be, you know, of real value. Now, there is one thing I actually didn't mention until now, I for, just because I forgot. But I also heard that it, it wasn't super easily tra traceable at some point. And I think some guys ended up sending some of their punk ordinals to the Binance, to the Binance exchange. And I think some people basically got into a situation that if you were withdrawing Bitcoin from Binance, you had the potential of randomly uh, find one of one punk ordinal with your Bitcoin. So th there's been a little bit of a mix up at the beginning. But I think, Darren, as you rightly say, things are changing and getting a lot more organized. So, um, Maeve, I see you, you're unmuted. Or did you? Or is my Twitter that's... Oh, I, no, think, I think it's to the, I want, I want okay. to hear everybody's thoughts on ordinals, to be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm here a learning little bulb about ordinals. So, <laughs> so, so this is it. This is why Puke is promoting now. <laughs> all right, all right, guys, guys. Okay, just to be clear, like, basically, all right, so basically, you know, I'm like a super visual guy, right? I, I do content, I do, uh, you know, I, I build websites and stuff like that. And one thing that puts me really off is like when you see like those original website, it's like all black and just words. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, this, is, this doesn't look good. Uh, and then like in terms <laughs> this of- This is like, going nowhere. Yeah, and in terms of like the tech, I've, it just seems complicated. And uh, I'm not such a tech savvy guy, even though I'm in the space. Um as you guys know, the last week I got hacked, right? So <laughs> even in if I got hacked, this looks even more complicated. I'm, uh, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to leave it to Wacky. So Wacky, here's on Space Live. I'm all in, but you have to lead the way. That's it. Oh, snap. That's it. This is being passed on to me. I, I, made, you, I, I made you FOMO in, enough. Okay, all right. We're going to look into all this. <laughs> all right, fine. All right, moving on to the next one. So yesterday, basically, um, as you guys know, we combined both shows. So some of you here are also a frequent daily dosers. Shout out to you. Life of Riley, Cryptovious, why are you aren't on stage right now? Cats, later see you on your spaces as well. But yesterday was the first time um, Zeneca did like the whole daily dose takeover and is happy to see that hey like i think um the previous people that is active like when i scroll the first page of the people like everybody on page i kind of like know their name or notice so it seems like you know ryan isn't here but the community that has been grown to for example collecting the pull-ups these subspaces as well people are still networking within the community 
And uh, yesterday, you know, on live, we have like 400 to 500 people on the Zeneca show, which is Daily Dose, uh, Zen Daily right now. So I'm thinking like, hey, this is still something strong. I mean, of course, we don't have like, you know, 3,000, 4,000 people, but 400 people actively and not bots in a Twitter space, that is something really solid. And uh, I mean, it's just to see how, you know, even though there's no leader, everybody is taking their own um, you know, initiative to step out and say, hey, um, this is the community that I'm in. I'm happy for it. Uh, yesterday's space was a little bit chill. So if you guys uh, didn't tune in, do give it a listen because it's not really, it's, it's for now, it's going to be the same time as the Daily Do show. But in two weeks' time, it's going to be 4 a.m. for Asia. So Lulu Defy here said, you know what? I'm going to wake up 3.55 every day, listen to it, and then go jogging. Um, so he wants to... Yeah, he wants to do like the 4 a.m. club. Like people is 5 a.m. but Lulu and do 4 a.m. So let me know, Lulu, how is it going? But I was happy to to tune in and, you know, they, they basically give like an open mic um, scenario. Everybody come up on it, say, you know, how, how they are feeling, um, how what they are excited for, whether they like the merch. And so far, it's been positive. So I would say, you know, Daily Dose is not dead even though the the name has changed, like even for us, we changed to Asia Web3 motherfuckers, but I believe like the connection that we know, the vibe that we like, um, if it's similar, if it's different, no worries. As long as you get tons of value from it, um, it's good. So do give it a listen and a little bit slight update behind the scenes. Uh, you know, we also have a call with Zeneca later today. As you guys know, we are so in the midst of transitioning and it's just happy to see, you know what, people in the space are lending out or giving up a helping hand to, you know, invite new communities and grow the space together. All right, Cryptoverse, you are here. I miss your bass voice. How are you doing, my brother? <laughs> uh, I'm very good, thank you. I'm very good. Um, and always glad to be here. I just wanted to jump in and just mention about what you were saying about the, the show, the Zen show. I was unable to catch it yesterday, but I think one of the things that stood out about Daily Dose for me was the fact that Ryan always seemed to share the mic with other people. And I think that was greatly appreciated by those that were listening because a lot of the times when you listen to shows, nobody ever really tells you, oh, you know, request if you want to come up and then they don't actually get you up. Um, and you just seem like you're just tuning in to like a radio show for the most part. Um, but that's what I think, well, me personally, I appreciate it from the Daily Dose. And also with the, the well, it's not Daily Dose Asia now, but it's Asian Web3 motherfuckers. But that's what I appreciate, just being able to get loads of people up um, from all different backgrounds. You know, like I said, I'm not Asian, but the, the community, the team welcome me on. Same with Wacky. I think maybe because we're bored, we, we get a, a, a pass. <laughs> you, and, you, you and me, man, we're all the same. We're all the same. I mean, literally, you know, you and I are different color, but we're all bold and it doesn't matter. We're all Asian, man. You and me is the same. <laughs> um, so, you know, you have a very, very good point, which is about the fact that it, it provides a space for people to to have a voice, right? And, and to be able to come on stage and speak. And and today I have to say, I'm delighted that we're welcoming Darren. We've got Mind Mechanic. We just got Pariah right now that just uh, requested to come on stage. And, you know, I will actually, would like to welcome you. Hello, how are you? We'd love to hear from you. I see you are an artist, actually. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, how, how are you? Hi, I'm doing good. Um, I hope everyone's having a great day. 
Yeah, I was just, it's my first time in the space. I was just listening in and I was just chilling and I thought, why not come up and talk? You know, uh, Web3 is just about making new connections with people. So why not make um, new connections with you all? That's that's great. Lovely. Amazing. We're delighted to have you and delighted to have a little female voice as well with us because, God, we can use more female in the space. So bring your friends, actually, if uh, you know you have some friends that are artists or that, are, that you know in the space. By all means, we welcome all. Uh, Pew, what else do you have for us on the schedule? All right. So I want to talk about this thing, which is uh, basically today I was just scrolling on Twitter and I almost forget the scam that Logan Paul did, right? So basically, oh, you, you remember the, the those, I mean, it was like an elephant with wings and some, some crazy pictures um, that basically they don't even design it. It was all from Photoshop or Shutterstocks and then they just edit it and use it. So basically, this guy called, this this project, right, is his it's called Dijen Zoo. He said, you know what? I'm going to take lead on it. Um, you guys can go check it out. Basically, he said, all right, so I'm going to do this, uh, you know, build up a game, which is an NFT game in 30 wait, minutes. Wait, 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 wait. Crypto, what are you thumbing down? Days, are you thumbing yeah, down yeah. Dijen Zoo? Or are you thumbing down looking <laughs> for? I'm, I'm, I'm thumbing down both because I remember this like it was yesterday and the pictures were absolutely shocking. But at the time, at the heat of the boom, Everyone was going crazy for it, but we'll talk about that a bit later. I'll let you finish. Sorry, Pete. But I'm not thumbing you down. I'm thumbing DJ Zoo <laughs> and Logan Paul down. Bro, bro, bro. You, you give me a thumbs up. I cannot continue. Like, I cannot continue right now. You just give me... Like, just now, you, when I was seeing the thumbs down, right, instead of 30 days, I said 30 minutes. You, you see, my, my mind is goes wacky. So, bro, give me your thoughts. Come on, come on. Give me your thoughts. Because... For, for me, when I, I saw this, uh, basically, he's actually using those people that has already, for example, get burned in the project, uh, building a new one and onboarding people without charging anything. So, I mean, it's a kind of like a free thing. If you want it, you come. If you don't want, then, I mean, no worries, right? What was your thought on it, bro? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, my, my thumbs down was for the initial um, launch of the project way back whenever that was supposed to be when I was a, a wee grinder um, because I was one of those people that was partially excited by it and I just thought, mm, I'm not too sure about influencers. But the fact that somebody's trying to uh, resurrect it and pro provide some value of some sort to people, I think is admirable uh, because that's, you, you see, that's what's happened with a, a few communities or projects. The community comes together to try and keep the, the project alive a notable example is uh, Etherworks. Uh, they're a legit project, by the way, and Poof and his team have done a fantastic job. Uh, I don't hold any, so uh, that's a disclaimer. But they, they're like, they built out a game, but they recently ran out of funds and the community about banded together trying to create a DAO of some sort to keep it alive and because, you know, they've got a close attachment to it. So I think anyone that tries to come in and save a project and save a community... Um, I give them full props as long as they're not trying to exploit people um, I'm, I'm yep. happy with people this, to come in yeah like this is the same thing that happens with the Daily Dose community right as you guys know Ryan quit the space and uh, basically two people so he get he get Zeneca to come and, come on board to help out but uh, even Lost Realm Saints said hey you know what uh, I also want to do this initiative so it gives people an option to you know we have been for example collecting the pull-ups 
um, for like two, three months. And right now, those pop-up can convert into some in-game stuff where, you know, you can benefit, you can use it for something. I mean, this is just providing value because in the end, there's no monetary, like for example, oh, I want you to join my ecosystem, but you have to pay something, you have to mint something that has, for example, an ETH attached to it. So, I mean, this is good. And uh, since, you know, you cut me off my thought, I'm not going to talk about it anymore, uh, crypto yes. <laughs> but you guys can go and take a look at the pin tweet. Uh, it has the full breakdown by NFT boy. All right, so before we hop on, one last topic, uh, you know, before we dive, deep dive into, because Darren, man, he has been sharing tons of art and especially Pepe. You guys know I'm a sucker for Pepe, right? So we're going to talk about this. But before that, I saw a post from Henry Liu from Forge uh, yesterday. I think they minted the taste tastemakers, which uh, it's a very interesting community or concept because they call it like the network effect of the Yuga IP ecosystem. So a little bit update. Um, I'm trying to get him on the show as well. Uh, he will dive in a little bit more. But this is interesting because um, what they did was to gather builders. So for example, when you look at it um, in a ecosystem like Yuga Labs, right? So they have BAYC, they have MAYC, and these people inside wrapping the PFP, they are building something. So every birdie that builds something, he collects them into this one group. So each person, for example, he has the builder slot. So I think the builder slot consists of like tons of builders like, you know, Yetsu, uh, Machi. So they are building, everybody has their own project and they are building it into one ecosystem. So you have uh, tons of researchers, you have builders, you have committee members and everybody is actually doing their own thing whereby they call it as the effect or the network effect of the Yuga IP ecosystem map. And it's it pretty interesting what I feel because it seems like an alpha, like an alpha group of an alpha group, right? Like everybody who wants to join, you cannot, for example, uh, because, hey, you need to be a builder, you are building something, and then that is the whole narrative that they are going behind. So basically, a little bit of a breakdown, you know, the most successful NFT launch designed from the Yuga or the people that wrap the PFP, we have like Shili, we have uh, Kingship, we have Mutant Hound, and then also, so their main value, they said, is three things, right? Collaboration, case study, and exposure. So collaboration, meaning communities within a community, case study, whereby they have researchers that's often doing uh, tons of research in the space, and then exposure in terms of, you know, people creating the content and stuff like that. But one interesting um, value or stats that he gave was saying that actually... He, basically the rule of like posting right is 90% 10% and 0% so 90% of all this contribution in terms of like people are building is actually just 1% from the BAYC users 10% of the posting comes from 9% of the users and basically the remainder users uh, that doesn't post is 90% so just imagine like you know one ecosystem which is Yuga Labs only 1% of the users in the ecosystem are building something uh, and we think about this, just imagine if we increase the percentage to two, to five. Um, we can see more and more collaboration projects, more and more good projects coming up because, hey, they have case study, they have, they have like, you know, experience in doing this. So I, I feel like this whole thing is really interesting. What's your thoughts, man? Are you asking me? Yeah, bro. You're my co-host, man. After, you're, you're, you're asking me after yesterday, Maeve, basically told me be like yo you should get an ape 
and then I asked, I was like, you're talking about the 70th ape, and now you're like shelling Yuga at me when I clearly told you yesterday that I was bitter that I missed Yuga, that I missed the ape, and that I'm not part of the ecosystem. I cannot believe you're asking me this question today. <laughs> but, 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 bro, 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 just imagine now you look at your profile, you're rapping at it. Do you look good? <laughs> well, you know, so you were saying um, that it's a closed group. And, and I think, obviously, having an ape or a mutant ape or any of the Yuga assets definitely helps. For some reason, I've got one other deed, man. I've got one other deed. I had three, and there was a mess up. I tried to farm the stupid looks rare token at some, at some point when they had those rewards. And two of them sold, and I'm like, ah, shit. So, you know, but the problem is that no one is repping an other deed as their profile picture. So maybe, maybe this is what I will do. I'll start doing it, and I'll get into the ecosystem. But, you know, all, jo all joke aside, um, what you said in terms of percentages, the fact that it's only 1% of the community, when you think about it, it's already quite a lot of people. I mean, um, it's their ecosystem is quite big, right? And you don't really need the whole community to contribute. And by definition, it will never be like this. I think it's unrealistic to think that you're going to have 20% of the community that will be involved because also knowing how many projects are out there, how many good communities there are. Everybody has their, again, their attention and their time split. But the people that are dedicated to the Yuga ecosystem are really dedicated to it. And for good reasons, because they have been very re rewarded for being loyal supporters. Yuga is taking a look. Yuga is, we can say whatever we want about Yuga, whether we like that, we like what the you know, what they've done, what they haven't done, or whatever. But I will say one thing about Yuga, which needs to be admired, is that they know how to look after their community and to reward their early holders or their diamond holders, right? Because they keep on providing them value. They keep on airdropping them assets and new things. They're also very clearly not just sitting there with all the money that they have and they keep on trying to innovate. They keep on trying new things. Some of them work, some of them don't. People like it, people don't like it. But regardless of that, they are able, they have been able to onboard a boatload of new people into the space. Everybody knows about B uh, Board APL Club now. Right? Everybody around the world knows it. They really are, again, whether we like it or not, they are the flagship collection for NFTs. They are almost the entry point. They are a very unaffordable entry point. However, it then opens people's minds to the world of NFTs. So I, I do have to give them a lot of props. So actually at NFT Paris, Paris I met I met Crypto Gargar at the at the Rug Radio event. He was there having a chat and I literally just went there, shook his hand, took a picture with him. I mean, you know, he's a very humble guy. Very you can see he's he's more of a behind the scene builders, but um we were talking about one thing yesterday when we were saying, uh, we were talking about the games, right? The Dookie Dash game. Now that they are branching and into gaming, and now that Mongrel, who is a, uh, what is it called? Fortnite gamer, has won the key and made 1.6 million. Do you not think that we're going to see a whole load of other gamers that are going to be involved and interested into jumping into the Yuga ecosystem or gaming NFTs? So, I think it's great, to be honest, from that perspective. If it helps with adoptions, then I think it's great. Yep, yep, 100%, bro. All right, guys, thank you so much uh, today. This is just a news topic um, that we're going to discuss. There's more to come. And always remember, check out Maeve Nose, uh, you know, profile because every news um, that he 
he links out he's writing a trade every day so if you want you know a five minute quick read in terms of you know what's happening in the market do give his profile a look and it's also pinned up at the top all right right now let's welcome our guest speaker which is Darren SRS uh, basically bro I was in happy to get you on board because man I love your description basically you say I talk art that's it and it hooks me because man I love Pepe and ever since you guys know that when the open edition meta comes I was a sucker in just minting everything that is Pepe related uh, <laughs> I even say hey, may, may, min this may, min this wacky min this right um, so Happy to have you here. How are you doing, Bardi? And maybe you can give us just a little short intro of what are you building in the space. How are you, buddy? Hello. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me here. Yes, it's Darren SRS. Uh, and uh, happy to be here on uh, Rug Radio. So, yeah. Uh, quick intro about me. Uh, some of you may know me. Some of you don't. Uh, I I guess I'm just somebody who's in the space and active in the space. I've been around since since early 2020, uh, early early to mid 2020. Yeah, and uh, have just been uh, no 2021. Sorry, 2021, and uh, I really really got into the space when uh, the DeFi stuff came into. Uh, BSC. So I, I sort of did all that stuff. You know, I think at that point when I first got into DeFi, I think the the, the gas prices on Ethereum were, were really crazy already by then. So I, I just went and started like doing all that MetaMask stuff uh, in uh, in Binance Smart Chain basically, and uh, did a lot of that kind of stuff. And then of course naturally just moved into uh, NFTs at some point. Uh, my first collection was. Uh, pudgy penguins and I still have my PFP since then when I first collected until now uh, probably the most adorable PFP that I have and that's my uh, yeah PFP uh, that I use for the last two over years uh, one interesting fun fact that I would say I'm the most proud of in the space is that I think I probably have the most uh, NFT uh, artwork that actually features my my penguin in it so i don't know where you can find it but i i do keep like a google album of all the artwork that features my penguin if you check out my profile on twitter you can see one of the pictures there but uh yeah i guess i've been collecting art in addition to the like pfp stuff so i've been collecting a bunch of like random you know nft art and uh I've just made a a lot of friends along the way and for some reasons maybe you know some of them i did them some favors i think one thing i noticed is a lot of these artists they don't they don't know how to market themselves and they didn't know how to really promote how to write certain things so i helped up a few of them and and some of them really appreciate my help and yeah and maybe because my penguin is sort of like really cartoony uh, so it sort of fits in their artwork. So they started adding my penguin into all these artworks. So I think I'm quite known for that by now. So I think I have like maybe a few hundred artworks with my penguin in it. Probably something that I may be known for. Uh, but other than that, I'm also working with Punk6529 in the team. He has about 10 people in the main team and I'm the only one based in Asia. So representing the Asians, I guess, uh, 
rest of them are all in Europe and in US. And uh, yeah, I, I help out with uh, mainly the Metaverse project called OM. And uh, that one's really a very, really uh, noble project by 6529 to uh, really create a decentralized uh, uh, Metaverse uh, for the future. And also I, I sort of help out with the uh, fund and museum stuff as well, which is basically the fund is the fund that uh, 6529 and the team runs. And also the museum is basically 6529's personal collection. I help integrate it into the metaverse. And yeah, I also have a Web3 uh, children's series that I've created with an artist friend of mine. Check out the link in my bio. Uh, you can download some free children's books there. I have a friend, artist friend that does uh, some artwork and I worked with her to do some children's books featuring my penguin. So you can download it for free if you have some children uh, aged like two to six years old. They would probably appreciate the free books. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I do. Uh, positive vibes. That's pretty much my uh, motto in the space. So I got to say, this is fascinating. So first things first, let's actually shill your, your Twitter spaces. Are your Twitter spaces on a regular basis, always at the same time? Because I see you have one tomorrow with uh, Overlord XYZ. But is it always the same time? Talk to us a little bit about this so that people know where to tune in. Yeah, so oh, I didn't even mention, yes, yeah, so I do quite a lot of things, right? So I also host this uh, Metaverse show, which is my Twitter spaces. It's a regular Twitter spaces. Uh, I've been doing it regularly on a weekly basis since late last year, maybe somewhere starting of quarter four last year. Uh, and uh, I, I used to have a co-host uh, who is Lunacy, uh, based in Singapore and he would jump on as a co-host regularly with me but recently he's been caught up with some stuff he's got some web3 projects that he does as well so on and off he will join me so I, I, I sort of bring in some friends in the space who will co-host with me but uh, on a weekly basis usually I would do about between two to three a week three times a week and I'll bring on some interesting guests uh, previously, uh, like I mentioned, I had Leonidas who talked about ordinals. I also had a couple of other guests, like uh, oh, so many of them already by now. Uh, yeah, so so basically, yeah. the best way is just to f follow your page and and just stay on the lookout for for those spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's that's what I do. So what one quick question? I mean, very clearly, you are full time Web three by the by the sound of it, but you know, are you? And and if not, like, what was your background before Web three? How did you get into Web three? You know, what was the the thing that really made you jump in like this, the way you have? I, mean, I, I don't really have a super special story. Uh, my role previously, before going into Web three, I was working for like uh, like events related company, and it's real life events, IRL kind of events. So. Uh, we were highly affected by COVID. Uh, couldn't really do much events then. Uh, so, you know, we, we sort of basically the company sort of like just said, hey, you know, take some time off. We'll, we'll, you work three days a week. So I just started getting into that DeFi stuff, trying to learn all these kind of things because that just really was exciting at one point. Then went into DeFi, uh, went into NFTs and just sort of like just snowball from there, I guess. So it's not really a very, very special story in any, any case. But yeah, I guess I guess COVID really just led to it, right? Because I, I just had more time and then just started exploring the, the whole DeFi space and the NFT space. 
<laughs> right, right. Um, you know, you bro, you don't need a special story because I myself don't have a special story. Uh, unlike Wacky, you know, he basically fought with someone and then become on the team, and then that's how he go full time in Web three. All right. So, but moving <laughs> on to this, I love how you said, you know what, you're gonna put your penguin i mean your whole identity in terms of branding getting that artwork done and then inserting your penguin in it it's it's a similar way in terms of you know building your brand building your ip so why pudgy penguin and you know what what got you started you know what i'm going to insert my penguin in most of the artwork to build like this uh, social presence in the art uh, so first of all, I mean, I didn't intend to sort of build a brand around my penguin. It's just like I said, you know, it's I helped out a bunch of artist friends. I was collecting some art. Maybe everything just fell into place at the right time, and I just had you know these artist friends who appreciate my help. And it, my penguin sort of like you know, pudgy penguin has a bit of cartoonish feeling, right? So I was helping a lot of Thai artists for some reason. Uh, some of them couldn't really like write. So I helped them write some stuff for them so that they could post it on their foundation page, uh, the descriptions and stuff like that. So uh, one particular guy, the guy who's doing, who, who's, who did the artwork on my uh, Twitter profile uh, banner, yeah, he's one of them. So he's a Thai guy and he uh, can't really write too well. So I helped him out, like just like writing some descriptions for his artwork and he really appreciated it. So since then, I think I've appeared in every single one of his artworks. Uh, if you check out his, uh, uh, let me let me pin something over to the spaces. Uh, his name is Ae Phi. I don't know how you pronounce it, but it's in Thai. But he's actually one of the coolest artists out there in the space. He is really really underrated. I think his art, I you know, it's super super detailed. You cannot imagine how detailed it is. Just check it out. I post. I pinned over one of the tweets, uh, so you can just see how detailed his art is, and pretty much every artwork that that he's done uh, since, uh, like, since maybe July twenty twenty one. It's always got me in it. I think he's just his way of showing appreciation for me, helping him out. I guess. So there's a few other artwork that like you can probably find me in there. I'm just. Pinning a couple of tweets, I guess, to the space so you can have a and, look at it. And while you're doing this, it, it just is very symptomatic is the wrong word, but representative. It's very representative what you're saying there of how Web3 and NFTs, the industry in itself, has evolved, which is you got involved with someone. You started literally just helping someone out of your own interest or out of just wanting to help. And then it came back, right? Something happened back in return. He then included you. And and I think we need more of those stories. And this is why I want to highlight it every time is that we, we had some of those talks where saying people were saying, it's like, how do I get involved in Web3? How do I get involved in NFTs? And, and literally, the answer is very often always the same. Just go find someone or something that really interests you, help them out, and generally something comes back. I, the, you know, the Web3 community is very generous in working together and supporting each other and and uh, you know it's very good to hear that yeah i totally agree i think i think you know if you want to start off in this space and you want to start off on the right foot you should be always looking to give more than you take and then at some point you know you'll start seeing people giving back to you that's just how it works in this space exactly how you described it 
yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. It's it's a drastic difference with Web two, where you give, you give, you give, and you're not getting very much in return. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. I mean, like, if if you guys tune in to like you know uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and stuff like that, he's always say give, 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 and then take, right? So it's basically like how in the space, a lot of people here, like they when they share the stories of, hey, you know what? How I got into Web three work is basically you know I became a mod. I give out my time, people notice me, and then they say, hey, do you, you know, you are doing good, um, do you want to be on the team? So, um, you know, along this line, maybe you can tell us a little bit more of, you know, right now you are in the space, um, you started off in DeFi, and then later on right now you are also, you know, connected, uh, building up the OM with together with uh, Punk6529. So how, just tell us about, you know, a little bit of the journey transitioning from you in the space to right now. Well, uh, to write, I mean, you know, I think it's pretty much like what anybody has gone through right now in the space. I think the main difference is, of course, I'm working with Punk6529, right? Because I think he's quite a well-known figure in the space. I think a lot of people probably do ask me, like, how do I end up working with him? And uh, I think it's really just out of luck, I guess, maybe you can call it. I, I But okay, I'll, I'll share more detail, uh, the story, how I actually met him. Uh it's actually because I own one of the pudgy penguins that is a relatively rare penguin. So I just did a tweet earlier uh, just now, and I shared a few of the penguins that I have in my collection. So one of the penguins that I do own is the one with the golden egg on its head, which has the chick. <laughs> and that particular oh, one you. is... <laughs> that one is relatively rare. I think there's only nine of those in the collection. So it's a relatively rare one. And I decided to get it because I thought it looked pretty cool and I wanted something rare. Uh, I, luckily, I got it at a relatively good price, of course. Uh, so I'm happy about that. And uh, I recall I recall reaching out to everybody after I got that penguin because you know, I felt like, hey, it's a pretty rare penguin. And uh, I should know who else owns that same trait as mine because there's only eight other people. And then I just reached out to some of them. Some of them didn't reply back. Some of them I could identify from OpenSea or whatnot. I think I just got in touch with like two people and just got to know each other and stuff like that. And I think about a couple of months after I bought my penguin, uh, I saw this guy who bought a penguin uh, that was exactly that same trait. So I reached out to him and said, hi, uh, you know, I said, hey, you bought the same penguin that I have with the egg on top. And uh, that was 6529. And I think uh, at that point, he had like 10,000 followers. So he was relatively, uh, I mean, relatively less known at the time. So, uh, so I guess he was entertaining my DMs. <laughs> you know, I like now, I think probably he'll be too busy. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, like I, you know, that's why I, I say, you know, from there I just got to know him more, and then we just, you know, just kept communicating. And at one point he was like, "Hey, I'm launching this thing. I want to bring people into my team. Could you help? Could you look at like maybe joining me and stuff like?" That? So that's how I got in. But you know, once again, that speaks to like you know, just just reach out to people in this space. Just really, just you know, be friendly, help you know, help out you know, give give as much as you can, and just. Really, just try and make as many friends in the space, I guess, and and, and you you can actually get somewhere. Wacky, wacky! It all starts with a golden egg. That's it. 
Oh, man, it's all about the golden stuff. <laughs> it's, yeah. all, it's all about the golden bean, the golden egg. You know it. Like the ordinal <sighs> eggs, is, it looks golden. You know it. Uh, yeah, maybe you could get ordinal eggs. Yeah, that's a nice looking bet. <laughs> well, we've got one on our team, G Dub, man. We, we're proud, proud of him. We've got to rep his golden egg everywhere then. Uh, okay, so maybe let's talk a little bit about art and sort of what, what your thoughts are, how you're approaching. So, Obviously, as you say, you're you're kind of in a in a fascinating position where you're now privy to working with six five two nine or whoever it might be in general, but now working in something that will do in investment funding or you know investing in NFTs and creating a fund around it. So um, I was I was looking through the thread and looking what you know the vision of six five two nine and. One of the thing, obviously, is long-term hold, right? He's talking about five to ten-year hold, and and sometimes he's even saying like not selling, which actually I have to ask you about this: how that how would that actually work in terms of strategy? But um, what's your view in general in terms of art NFTs? Um, you know, how are you approaching the whole space as to what you believe? is considered well it's it's a difficult question what you believe is considered art but how you maybe identify what is going to be the next trend so we'd love to hear more about your view on on you know the the nft art scene rather than just the simple pfps yeah uh, well for the art scene you know there, there's a quite varied range you can talk about you know on one hand personally myself uh i don't personally collect a lot of the high-end one-of-one you know nft art uh, but on the other hand of course i am part of the team 6529 who also runs a fund which collects a lot of the top you know artists out there so i i have i have views from both sides right because i do sit in meetings with 6529 and the team where we talk about you know our strategies for collecting the higher-end art and then personally, I also collect like just more, you know, not that high end stuff. Um, so, so there's there's two two approaches, right? I, but I think at the end of the day, you know, it, I would say one thing personally, which is that if you are collecting art, one of one art, uh, it's a huge difference relative to collecting PFPs, uh, because you know I think you've heard that 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 sort of line that says that. NFTs are like uh, altcoins with pictures, right? In, in a way, that is true. And uh, the good thing, at least, altcoins, you know, they have relative liquidity, I guess. If you want to exit out of it, you can. Of course, you have to take a loss if you're selling a huge amount, uh, but you can. But the problem about NFT art is that a lot of times if you get in, you know, I think it's really hard to get out. So you you really have to go in when you're buying art, you know. And this is not NFTs, right? Not this is not PFPs. This is like art, art on on the uh, blockchain art, like. So for those, you you really have to go in with a mindset of like, you know, you're not expecting to see a return anytime soon. You can't like buy it and flip it the next day. So it's really something that I mean, I went my 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 thesis personally when i went in on like buying this kind of like nft one of one art <clears throat> it's really very much like because i made a decent like gains early on in the space you know i think some people most people did early on you know when there was the bull market and all that 
for me, I think my biggest play was Litecoin. So I bought some Litecoin uh, somewhere during the time of the the 2020 when you know the the Corona came out and stuff like that. So got in decently, and then I sort of used some of that profit to actually like gets into NFTs, bought some penguins, bought some other PFP stuff. But I also took a little bit of my uh, my profits to actually just say, hey, you know what? Um, I've actually never collected art before, but I do like some of these pieces that I see on the blockchain. So I just took some of that money, not a lot, and I just like say, okay, let me buy a little bit of what I like. And it just sort of grew from there. Um, but, you know, whether it be like super high-end stuff or whether it be like the lower-end stuff, I think they're, they're both the same, you know. It's, they're all relatively illiquid. So it's really not a kind of space you want to get into with money that, you're expecting to to make a return with. You have to really use money that, you know, you can afford to like let go, you know, and not see it back. I think that's the main thing that I would, you know, share to people here in the space. Yep, yep. And um, you know, when you were talking about it, you know, basically like how people value art right now in the in terms of web two and web three is totally different, right? Like when we when we look at, for example, art that is trending right now, like trending really hard, it's always that it's paired with a narrative. It's not gonna be, for example, all right, this art looks great and because of that it sells at a very high value. In, in the web two world but in the web three right now it's always paired with for example good narrative we see you know vvd with um the um the checks uh jet butcher with the checks they partner up the whole narrative in terms of how they are doing it we also see you know great success for example 6529 with the meme cards so when you look at art right now or even when you are you know navigating through this space do you kind of like still go towards like oh I love this art. The design is good. Or it's all towards like, you know, being, it's a hit meme. It's a banger meme. You know, people are hyping on the trend. What is that few key points that you have within yourself to value? Like, you know what? This is a good art. I'm going to buy it. Yeah, that's a really tough question there. I I, I think like exactly what, as what you said just now, right? So, uh, when it comes to art, there's stuff like this Jack Butcher checks and the VVD checks whereby, you know, it's art, but at the same time, it's become like a meme or it's become sort of like a cultural thing, right? Where it sort of blew up culturally and become accepted culturally and it's sort of like a trending culture kind of thing. Um, but those are... The, those those sort of like draw like a line between cultural culture and then art for art's sake kind of thing. Um, so it's really hard. I I I I think at the end of the day, you know, if you're just buying art for the for the beauty of it for your own subjective beauty, uh, you know, you really really can't expect you know any sort of thing. And and I think one okay let, let's. Take it back for a moment. <clears throat> Regarding that BVD checks and Jack Butcher checks, those are specifically collections with multiple, multiple editions, right? So you have one piece of art, but you have so many different editions. And by having many editions, I think, you know, in a way, for people who want to degen and stuff like that, it works better because there's some sort of liquidity there you can actually get in and you can sort of get out because there's a lot of them and there's 
a decent amount of trading going on between them, right? <clears throat> but if you're talking about like one-of-one -one art, which I think if you're talking about art, most of the time it is one-of-one -one art. Like a, when I say one-of-one, -one, I mean like a, a single piece of art that is minted with one edition by one artist. So a lot of the time when it comes to that kind of one-of-one -one collectible art, it's really different. And it, it becomes, the dynamics of it is so different because, you know, it's about, it's more about who's the creator of that art and whether that creator is known, how how popular that creator is, how important he is in culture and so on and so forth. Uh, there's many, many things there. So, you know, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one art or it's a, like, a piece of art that's multi multiplied by hundreds of thousands of editions, you know, it can cause a huge difference in terms of how it's played or how it's viewed. At, right so so the checks and all those kind of check stuff is it's really like almost like a pfp collectible kind of thing in fact uh i would say that you know from the funds perspective the 6529 funds perspective we consider like checks and the pepe checks to be more as pfps than as one of one art uh just because of the fact that you know they're more like traded uh, rather than like observed as like really art kind of pieces so yeah that's my take on that yeah, it's it's a very interesting um, way of looking at things. I see Maeve has a question. Before I throw over to you, Maeve, um, if anybody ha else in the audience has a question for Darren, don't hesitate. Come up on stage. Uh, we'll bring you up, and then we'll ask you a question. I'm sure also Katz is an artist and, and probably also has questions for you. Um, I'm also looking at your book edition, and I will have questions for you after that. But before that, Maeve, over to you. Hey, Darren. So... Uh... I have been thinking about this uh, ever since like uh, the whole open the whole OE manifold uh, meta started, right? So, uh, like obviously you're definitely a more uh, experienced uh, art collector. So, when so what I've heard is uh, obviously we, you were just talking about this as well, like uh, one one art and like PFP arts, right? I guess like Jack Butcher is. Uh, is a is a bit is a bit different. I I agree with you because like every check you burn is very different, and like he he plays a lot with it. So in a way, you can use it for like I guess like different art. But would you say that by doing so, does it does it dilute his overall brand, or like how 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 do you how how do you view this? Because I I know that artists in general like they do a collection, right? They will do maybe say like let's just say like a summer collection. You have maybe like you know ten fifteen pieces based on uh, how how a specific uh, curator wants you to do it, and then you do it. But then now like uh, technology, right? Uh, OE that there is such a thing. Obviously, if artists know or do not know, is a is a secondary thing. But there is such a thing. By doing so, do you think it dilutes the artist brand? It's a good question, and I, I have gone back and forth on this uh, point, on this uh, on the thoughts on this uh, topic. Uh, various times so i have a lot of artist friends and uh at first i personally was against it because i felt that you know yes exactly like how you how you think like you know it starts diluting because you're like if you're a one one collector of a particular artist that you you think will be blowing up in the future uh you you sort of want it to feel exclusive um and you, because of that, you want to say like, hey, okay, you should only be making one of one editions, not multiple open edition kind of thing like that. Um, at the same time, um, after a while, I, I thought about it and I, I sort of changed my mind because I, I felt that 
when people own your own your you know as a creator, if people if more people own your works, there'll be more people who are looking to like promote you, looking to like actually like you know support you as a creator and stuff like that. So let's say if if let's say this artist has ten pieces of one of one art on Super Rare or whatever, he he will he or she will only have ten big supporters, right? Who will really push and sort of like really really get back on that person and say, "Hey, do your best. I I rooting for you," uh, all that kind of stuff. But is ten people enough to really make that person like evolve and grow and grow hugely as a brand in the space? Yeah, maybe not so good compared to let's say if he had he or she had a thousand people, sort of like who were financially, you know, sort of like.、Uh, Aligned with that person's success, so you know, in in some way, that also gives you that that you know feeling that hey,、uh, if somebody did, if that if a creator did more of these like、uh, wider, higher quantity additions, it's actually also good as well. Because at the end of the day, there's more people who actually like you know are are aligned with the growth of this particular creator. So I think for me at this point, I I feel more. Uh, positive about having additions. Yeah, this is this is very interesting、uh, that you asked this, Maeve. We were yesterday last night on the bean list, and literally <laughs> we had the exact same question from the host there, and bro, I gave the exact same bro, answer. Bro, you remember my answer? <laughs> what? What were you?、Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> so so I said like the one one is the Ford GT, and then the open edition is like the Mustang. You can't compare. That's it. <laughs> and that was considering the guy was a classic car, yeah, <laughs> a bit and, of a classic car said, nut. And and he said, you know what, Ford is the worst car ever. I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> All right, but、uh, be- before we throw it to G Dub, you know, I I remember this.、Uh, it was also you know, Pang Six Five Two Nine actually won the first bid.、Uh, it was this artist,、uh, Sear Light, right? Wacky, do you know them? Uh, no, I don't. So you're like, all right. So basically, you know, it's. I mean, it was fascinating at that time.、Uh, you know, when the trade came up, and then I was like totally missed the whole thing. And then later on, I got the time to take a look at it. Like, man, like this person, he he gets ten consecutive all times high in a row for two months.、Uh, you know, even the first edition.、Um, you know, the the basically the art it was bidded by six five two nine one. For thirty Eve, and that's just you know cascade in terms of doing more and more. So I I really think to to answer that question whereby you know it's、uh, open edition or one one, it really depends on the route that the artist wants to go. Like if there is always people value the art at a certain high level, then he will keep on continuing. For example, to Doing one on ones, right? But then later on, when he see, for example, there is a stunted growth in terms of hey, like these ten people keep on buying and then they stop buying, for example, and then they have to say, okay, you know what? How do I get more people into the ecosystem? Because I know my product is good, right? So right now, if a product is good but you have no traffic, there's no eyeballs looking at it. So I think you know, with the open edition, it kind of like gives people a chance to you know, kind of like go into it. All right.、Um, Did I just lose Darren?、Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs>、right. we lost Darren. He's back. He's back. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So、uh, let's let's wait for. All right, he's he's back up.、Uh, Gdub, how are you doing, buddy? Yeah, good, good.、Um, I had a question for Darren, if that's okay. Yeah, go. Yeah,、ahead. yeah.、Um, no, hell no. You're getting up the stage. 
<laughs> yeah, just having having a look through the six five two nine funds because uh, I I have a background in um, in uh, PE funds and all that. So um, yeah, I just wanted to find out from you, Darren. Um, you know, how do you determine what the portfolio split is between, say, the the one of one artworks and and uh, the you know the more recognizable PFP um, NFC projects, um, you know, do you communicate, you know, during fundraising, do you communicate already what that portfolio split would be and, and sort of what, what is the reaction uh, or response from, from the potential investors? Um, and then, yeah, so, so that, that's my question. Yeah. So with regard to the 6529 fund, um, there are three main categories that we, we sort of split the NFTs to when it comes to the color, to NFT stuff. So the first one would be PFPs, uh, which, you know, self-explanatory is body, yacht club, your, your crypto punks and whatever. Uh, that's the first category. And the second category would be generative art. So, uh, that would be uh, you know art blocks, you know of course you know fidenzas, ringers, and all that kind of stuff. Anything that is using generative art styles on the blockchain. And the third one would be uh, one of one art slash photography art. Basically anything that you may see on super rare or AOTM or one of these other like art platforms. And uh, those are the three main categories. I think. In general, uh, it has varied. Uh, we, we go by quarter when it comes to our fund. We, we're like a rolling quarterly fund. And each quarter, on average, I would say it's it's roughly split about a third, a third, a third for each of these categories. Uh, we try our best to sort of like split it up as well. Of course, it also depends on when we see opportunity, you know, because it's not every time that you get to see an X copy, uh, a rare X copy or a highly coveted X copy piece up for sale, or it's hard to, you know, uh, identify a very good Fidenza that you you want to acquire, that the fund wants to acquire, and then it's up for sale. So it's also dependent on when we might see an opportunity to purchase a grill asset. Of course, the, the fund really very much emphasizes on acquiring the, the top of the top uh, collections so basically like the rarest pieces the most coveted pieces in in the top collections there so we're looking for like crypto punks the top maybe zombies or or apes or whatnot uh you know ringers fidenzas the the, the more well-known ones the more famous ones the more rare looking ones uh, same for one of one art uh, that one honestly i'm not really the expert on that i do have a few other more uh able uh, people in the team that really advise on that, but I do observe as and when we we do sort of like discuss about that. But yeah, in general, I think the answer is like as as much as possible, we try to keep it evenly split between the three categories. I gotta say, G Dub, I love your question, especially coming back from your your finance background, because effectively you're kind of asking in in a. And now we don't realize it, but this is the bread and butter of any investment fund. Be like, hey, how are you split internally? And which is effectively, what is your internal strategy? So I love that question. Right at the heart of it, G-Dub. Love it. Uh, Katz, you did have your hand raised before. How are you? 
<laughs> Good morning. Uh, I'm trying to make the best of the time because, um, you know, I, I don't usually catch the Asian time zones, but I'm, I'm really happy. I think it's working for me. Um, so good morning, everyone. I'm Kat. I give flowers in the space to spread love and kindness and I run a wellness space. Um, the, the topic that I wanted to discuss, and I think you might have passed it, but let me know if you don't want to discuss it. It's around um, um, the announcement of BAYC, uh, BAYC's 12 folds. So um, as um, some of you might know here that I uh, have uh, an ordinal ape um, and I bought into it knowing that it's low inscription. So yesterday there was um, uh, not a mega space, but a very important space that I enjoyed with uh, Shan and Sanj um, who are doing a project um, uh, on ordinals. And, you know, I was thinking about it for a little bit and I was like, oh my God, maybe the ordinal hype is dying because, you know, when things started coming out, I was on two spaces at the same time because there was so much alpha around ordinals. I developed a way to listen to two spaces because I wanted to get alpha from both. But then it all died down and I was thinking, oh my God, should I sell? Because for me, having something on ordinal was not about art because we are already getting that over the Ethereum blockchain. So for me, it was always about probably the inscriptions and from a collector's point of view maybe the early inscriptions would matter but then you know people said sub 10k is great now they're saying sub 100k is great and you know this is all perspective but what I really enjoyed from the conversation yesterday was uh, the marketplaces are not yet out so once you own low inscriptions and the BTC whales sort of have a way to access them and it gets more and more um, I don't know famous probably because I don't know the right word to use um, it will probably have a, a market category of its own so sub 10k sub 1 1k sub 10k sub 100k would have their own floor prices so it was something to validate that bigger blue chips from ethereum moving to ordinals is only validating ordinals future so this is something i just wanted to share maybe someone can take relevance from it or not but yeah thank you so much for bringing me up and letting me share that yeah i mean th th there's no question that as tools are getting developed ordinals huh. Uh, man, it hurts me to say that, Pew, but I think all the nodes are going to, you know, they're going to peak. They're going to go nuts. But OK, so just before we've got a we've got a few minutes left. Um, I had a couple questions for you, uh, Darren. I was looking. I'm interested in that book series that you are that you're building. So very clearly you're using the Pudgy Penguin. So for anybody that hasn't seen this, just go on Darren's page, go on his link tree. And if you click on the ebooks there that he's got book one, two, two, three, um, you can see what we're talking about. But. Could you maybe touch base a little bit on this? Is this something, um, I see you also had um, a limited edition on Manifold where you had 100 uh, editions there, which all of them are minted. Um, can you maybe give us a little bit of peek as to what your thoughts are behind this initiative and what you're trying to do there? Yeah, that's a, that's a very small side project that I have. Uh, basically, you know, as, as I already have established with you guys, I, I do collect quite a bit of art on the blockchain and I do have a number of artist friends that I've made uh, in the space from collecting art so one of them in particular is this lady uh, this girl her name is Julia uh, she's from Russia and uh, really lovely 
artist and she actually i found out you know after collecting her art and talking to her found out that she actually did children's books uh as part of her job you know she actually had a freelancing job like drawing and animating uh, not animating but like uh, drawing basically uh, creating artwork for children's books so i i spoke to her i said hey you know i i, I might want to look at doing that so the my motivation is that I have a three-year-old daughter, so so uh, and I read books to her, and I was like, "Hey, you know, I and, and my daughter has seen my PFP before, and she she loves it. Basically, she finds it cute and sort of just loves it uh, in general. So I was like, "Hey, you know, if my artist friend can do, you know, uh, children's books, and I have this penguin that my daughter likes, maybe I could sort of create a story around it." and uh, share that story with uh, my Web3 friends. So I spoke to my artist friend and said, hey, I could write uh, and maybe like uh, create a story uh, with a character. So she has a personal character herself, uh, Julia, uh, that she has been creating in the space called the One-Eye Baby. And uh, so I took that, that character that she already had and combined it with my penguin. And I just came up with a few stories and we decided to just go with it. So we sort of like split the, the proceeds. And yeah, so, so yes, we, so we've launched three books in total. You can download them all for free. Uh, just check out the link in my profile. And uh, also, yeah, I think uh, together with my third book with Julia, uh, we also launched a collector's edition NFT. As you said, it was it's sold out now. I think you can get it in secondary, but we'll probably be uh, doing another one in the next couple of uh, editions, next couple of books. So I, I plan to sort of maybe launch a, another edition, uh, collector's edition, sort of collectible NFT, maybe in the next two books or so. But because this recent one just came out a couple of weeks ago, so I'm taking a little bit of break for now, but the next book may come out maybe in the next couple of weeks or so. So keep you guys posted on that, I guess. But yeah, it's been overall, it's been really fun learning to do this. And uh, <clears throat> I haven't written books before, but you know, it's my first time experiencing it. And also, I just want to point out, like before doing all this, I approached to Luca from Budgie Penguins, who of course is like the main guy behind the team, the new team now. So just to tell him that I wanted to do this and, uh, you know, he was really gracious and he just said, go ahead. Uh, you have my blessing. I won't get anything from you. I won't ask anything from you. Just go ahead and, and do it. So, you know, I think Pudgy Penguins has their own plan to do a children's book, but they're totally fine with me, like creating this small little project of mine. So I'm really grateful to uh, Luca and the team for like just giving me their blessing for this, not making it difficult when we got to IP and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's been and, a really great experience. And I guess this is why I want to talk about it because, you know, you look at it and, and it's, it's good to hear that all of this resulted as, again, some of the contacts that you had made before. You knew an artist and you say, hey, how about doing this? Then you got inspired, obviously, through real life for doing this for your daughter. Um, now, I've got a question for you. Do you have the physical? Is there a way to get the physical copy or are you actually reading the children's book on an iPad and does it get the same, you know, the same result? Because I guess, I mean, we're from the old generation, but nowadays all the kids are on iPads anyway. So it doesn't really make a difference whether it's a physical or, or an iPad, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I read it to her on an iPad. I read it to her on my MacBook, actually. So, yeah, she's OK with it. I, I, 
I, I have actually thought about it whereby at some point if we get enough traction and we get enough like supporters of the project, uh, I may actually sort of like do some sort of arrangement where we actually print out a limited edition run of, of physical books. But it's it's in the pipeline, but we'll see how it goes. But I, I would imagine that most uh, people in the Web3 space, they're pretty comfortable with using their devices. So I'll have to see. But if enough demand comes, we may adjust accordingly. This is cool. I think this is great. And I think it's a great use of, of IP as well. And obviously, um, the fact that Luca just sort of gave the blessing. I mean, it's only more marketing. It's only more, um, you know, spreading the word for for their collection for Budgie Penguin. So it's uh, it's really good to see. Now, very cool. I really like that initiative. Yep, yep. And I was just thinking, man, GW, you have kids, right? But I'm not too sure how old are they. So maybe this is a new book for them to read. That's it. Just downloaded all three books already. Um, my kid, my oh, kids are go. a little bit older, <laughs> but um, I have a niece who's uh, three, so I look forward to reading it to her. G Dub, we can make a, a book with your ordinal egg, man. It, it is a cute little egg. We can do something <laughs> with it. that. Let's do it. <laughs> That'll be cool. A book about an egg. Yeah. But wait, that egg could be the egg that is on your pudgy penguin, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> it's a golden one. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> There's something there, guys. There's something there you could do. All right, guys. Wacky, great show. Shall we close it off? Indeed. Let's go. Let's do it. All right, guys. Once again, thank you for being a part of the Asia Web3 Motherfuckers, powered by PewCast, the rock radio of Asia. With you guys, I believe we are one step ahead in building the most genuine community in Asia. And once again, thank you, Darren, for being here. Thank you for the listeners as well. And as usual, we run the show you know, Monday to Friday, 9.30 p.m. GMT plus 8, which is the Malaysia timing. Uh, if you are on EST, it's 8.30 a.m. EST. But next week, we will move the show 30 minutes late to accommodate, you know, people who are listening from different places as well. Uh, because you know what? In Asia, everybody is welcome as long as you love our food, right? Wacky loves Malaysian food. <laughs> he gained 2 kg after going back. So definitely, you know, you guys are in poetry. All right, Wacky, um, do the outro. Thank you for tuning in to Rug Radio Asia Web 3 motherfuckers. This is us signing out. Mm-hmm.